Give me a go, no go for launch. Just when you think you're out, they pull you back in. I was gonna say something that was not true. I, I don't know why we do these. Let's make film history. We are go for launch. Almost Sideways Podcast. We are back. Thank you so much for joining us. As always, uh, I am your host, Terry Plucknett. Along with me are uh, Todd Plucknett and Zach Saltz. Uh, we are recording this on Sunday, December 8th at about 3 o'clock ahead of the big Seahawks matchup with the Rams uh, coming up tonight. Uh, Zach, I hear you have a hot take on the NFL. I do. Well, right now it is 20 to 7 at halftime of the Chiefs Patriots game. I'm so pumped up. You know, Patrick Mahomes looks like the MVP, MVP that he was last year. My hot take is that the Steelers are in prime position to get a six seed in, the, in this playoffs. And you know what? I kind of like it. I kind of am rooting for this Steelers team because I know that there's no way they could win the Super Bowl. So I kind of like them as a six seed, and I kind of like them. Like, as a six seed to either lose to Baltimore, get blown out, or to root for them in Foxborough. Which, five years ago, I would have said would be more unbelievable than Donald Trump running for president. Me rooting for the Steelers in Foxborough. But you did root for the Chargers in the playoffs against the Patriots when that was your favorite team. That was, that was a very good take that, that I had, and I should have stuck by my, uh, my instincts. We, okay. we, should... we were in Vegas. Yes, yes. <laughs> For those of you out there, I was I was once a long time ago a Patriots fan, and uh, I've I've realized the error of my ways. And so now you're rooting for a quarterback named Duck. Duck. Well, of course, I, you know, <laughs> Samford University. The, the, the name Duck and football are a natural pairing. It's perfect. <laughs> Duck Hodges. Duck Hodges, man, uh, he's awesome. My hero. Todd, uh, Todd, what's your uh, what's your take on the uh, college football playoff uh, uh, top four we got? We've got uh, LSU, Ohio State, Clemson, and uh, and Oklahoma. What do you think? Uh, I mean, I don't know. I, I think Matt Rule is the next coach of the Carolina Panthers. Like, I cannot believe that he got that team. <laughs> Ooh, to be that inside good information. In, like, That's a hot take. They were what one and eleven, like what two years ago. But, yeah, and that now. They were on, went to overtime with a chance to go to the playoff, which is awesome. I, I don't know. I, I'm a little upset that we have to see Clemson, Ohio State in the first round because those are clearly the two best teams, and uh, so we're gonna have a, we're, we're gonna have one awesome semifinal, and then uh, I feel like the winner of that game is just going to destroy uh, whoever wins the shootout. That is going to be LSU Oklahoma because neither team has defense. What what tangible evidence do you have that? Clemson is a better team than LSU. That's a hot take. Like, where, they, where they did that have, come from? They, they played they, no one this year. They, they have dominated every team they played. Oh, yeah. Ex- you know? Except for North Carolina. Mid, I mean, Midwestern but Missouri has, State. Well, yeah. Well, the ACC is trash, obviously. Yeah, which, is, which makes perfect sense why Virginia got the Orange Bowl. They're not even going to be ranked. Yeah, and I, Utah and Utah gets left out of the New Year's Six. So what are they going to like? What is the Alamo Bowl? Is that where they ended up? The I think it's the Sun Bowl. Oh, that's even worse. No, no Alamo. I think you're right. I think it's Alamo. They're playing Texas, and the Alamo Bowl. That'll be a good game, probably. Well, I don't know. Actually, Utah will probably win by two touchdowns, but I mean that should be an entertaining game. 
I think the coolest matchup of bowl season is, uh, I texted this to you earlier today, Todd, uh, Coach uh, Chris Peterson coaching his last game for the Huskies against Boise State. Is he even going to coach? In the Las Vegas Bowl. I don't think yeah, he's going to coach. Yeah. When was that He announced? said he was stepping down at when he when it was announced. He said he was stepping down after the bowl game. Oh. Well, yeah, th- that will be cool. And it's in Vegas, which is even more awesome. But, you know, yeah. I work for FedEx, so I can't go to Vegas during Christmas. <laughs> All right, so I have a sports hot take, too, which is probably you guys don't care near as much about, but I'm going with it. You're going to um, talk about Cole so, Hamels? Or the father-son no, golf go, tournament go Braves. on NBC I, 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 All right, yeah, Cole Hamels to the Braves is interesting for sure. No, it is baseball-related. The winter meetings open today in San Diego, and one of the first things of the winter meetings is uh, the Veterans Committee uh, vote on the Hall of Fame. Uh, this is the uh, this is the group that last year controversially uh, elected Harold Baines to the Hall of Fame, who a lot of people weren't too sure about. Uh, I'm predicting there will be three people voted in today to the Hall of Fame: Dale Murphy, Ted Simmons, and uh, Lou Whitaker. I don't know who Ted Simmons is. Yeah, I've never heard of him. I think they're. I think those three are getting in. Who's Lou? That's, what, that's my who, hot take. Who's Lou Whitaker? I've never heard of him. Dude. Either. Who's Ted All right, Simmons? Ted Simmons, I under Ted, Ted Simmons, I understand. The uh, but what team? Lou Whitaker, Give me a team. Cardinals. Ted Simmons was a card- in the Cardinals, like 70s? late seventies, early eighties, yeah. Oh. Um, and then uh, Lou Whitaker was uh, the T- Detroit Tigers second baseman for like the entire eighties, alongside uh, he was double play combo with Alan Trammell. Like they were the double play combo of the Tigers for like a thirteen year stretch. And like he he get he gets voted off like the first ballot and the actual ballot, even though his numbers. I was looking at something. Someone was saying his numbers are better than Roberto Alomar's, and Roberto Alomar was a first ballot Hall of Famer. I don't remember him on RBA Baseball too. Who Lou Whitaker? Yeah. Oh yeah, he was on there. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah. You should you should uh, you should bust that out and double check. But yeah, he I'm pretty sure he was on there. The question is, is he better than Dottie Hinson? Well, we're gonna get into that today because that's what we're gonna be uh, we're gonna be looking at. But before we do that, um, Zach, what are you drinking? I'm actually drinking a uh, Taylor Dry Sherry tonight. I'm uh, changing it up a little oh. bit uh, because it's been a long day. It's been a long life. I have to deal with relatives from Thanksgiving. I'm still dealing with the residual effects of that, and uh, I need some dry sherry. Let's do it's this. Been it's been, let's life. party. Good, it's I mean. been a long life. So let's drink sherry during a podcast. <laughs> oh, man. All right, Todd, what do you got? I'm drinking vodka and Arnold Palmer in my awesome Breaking Bad Where's My Money Bitch glass. <laughs> yes. So uh, cheers to all y'all. You, you, you do know what that's called, right? An alcoholic Arnold Palmer? Yeah, I was actually drinking a spiked Arnold Palmer on the Adam Daly Live last uh, Oscars, so. Yeah, it's a John Daly. A John yes. Daly, yeah. Yeah. I've, I've, you've great. never heard it called that before? I feel like I might have heard I, you call it that before, but I'm still not convinced it's actually a thing. I, 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 went, I, I think I was at a bar one time and I ordered a spiked Arnold Palmer and they and they said, oh, John Daly, okay. I said, oh, okay. I figured that was just a common term that everyone knew. Uh, so I'm drinking, uh, this is a, a beer out of Lagunitas uh, Brewery in uh, California. I love Lagunitas. Yeah, this is, this one, okay, this is their brown sugar ale. 
Um, it 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 is very sweet, and it's also um, it's very strong. It's ten percent ABV, and uh, you got yeah. two of them, right? I got two of them. <laughs> yeah, no, this is this is a really good one. It is. Um, I like their their. Uh, I think it's called some something extra or something like that one. Little something or something like that. Yeah, little, little something extra. It, it's yeah that they have high alcohol content in their beer. That they're yeah, they're awesome. It's good though. This is the first time I've had this one, and uh, yeah, for, first swig, it's like man, that's strong, but man, that's sweet. So uh, yeah, this will be an interesting one for sure. Oh yeah. Okay, so before we get into, we've got a, a movie review. We do have a deep dive that uh, Zach has already teased. Before we get to that, I want to give just a little bit of a uh, of recap of some of the stuff we've watched this week, uh, starting with Todd. Todd, give a give me like 30, 60 seconds, something like that, on uh, on something you've seen this week. Uh, I watched uh, the movie Brian Banks, which is a true story about a football player who was wrongly accused of rape. And I remember this story actually when it was going on. So watching the movie about it is uh, it was definitely interesting. It, it's it's really well acted. It's it's a Greg Kinnear movie, of course, and uh, it's a <laughs> yes. It's just, it, uh, is that why you watched it? Be yeah, honest. Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah he, he's like the the main guy for the uh california innocence project and uh and the, that takes on the case uh years after he got out of prison to uh, uh clear uh brian banks's name it's a great movie I, it it really was way better than i thought it was going to be i thought it was going to be a tv type movie but no it was really good nice brian banks isn't that the name of the the like kid in mighty ducks that's like the star player <laughs> i don't think his name's brian i'm it's, looking it it's up definitely banks but uh uh the one problem is the guy who plays pete carroll is so off that it is almost distracting it, it doesn't sound like him it doesn't look like him it, it he doesn't carry himself like pete carroll it, like it was a one time i was just like wow like i could have done way better i always thought that pete carroll could be played in a movie by richard gear Oh, that's a good call. That'd, yeah, that'd be a great, uh, great casting. But I mean, this was early Pete Carroll because this was like like early two thousand, so he was still obviously still at USC. So it, Richard Gere would definitely be too old now, right now. Darn. His name Maybe is Justin Adam Clemens. Banks. Adam, there you go. Adam. Adam Banks. Dang it! I thought I had one there. That's the first thing that popped into my head when you said the name Brian Banks. You don't remember when that happened? The, the whole Brian um, Banks saga, he was going to go to USC, and then he, uh, he went to prison before he got out of high school. I, it's not really ringing a bell, I don't know why. He was, he was at, he actually got signed by the, to the Seahawks, like, a few, uh, I don't know, like, wh- when he was out of prison, or wh- when of he... Of course he did. ...eventually got exonerated, yeah, he, uh, It sounds like the, it sounds like what Pete Carroll would sign. Yeah, well, he never got off the practice squad, but, uh... Yeah. It, I mean... Yeah, that, that whole thing came up, for sure, when he actually uh, was uh, trying out for NFL teams again. Yeah. All right, Zach, what did you watch this week? Uh, okay, this week I watched the uh, Todd Plucknett um, prediction for the Oscar winner back in his, I think, August predictions, which was Wave. 
the uh, or waves, excuse me, the film by Trey Edward Schultz, uh, released by A twenty four. And as I texted Todd yesterday after I saw it, this is the most A twenty four film ever. It has long, uh, rambling parts with uh, colors on the screen and like loud, like acoustic uh, sounds on the soundtrack. The soundtrack is by Atticus Finch and Trent Reznor, which is I'm sure why Todd also put it in his number Atticus one. Atticus Finch is not his name. Oh, okay. Atticus Ross. Atticus Ross, excuse me. <laughs> Gregory Peck wrote this music. Yes, you know. A fictional was... person. I mean, yeah, I mean, it could be adaptation or whatever. Atticus Finch. Yeah, I don't know where I got that from. Um, anyway, uh, I've never seen the previous films of Trey Ed- Ed- Edward Schultz. I've, uh, uh, Krisha has been on my list for a long time. Krisha's a good uh, movie. Yeah, I've heard it's really good. Um, this was this was a good movie. I don't know. It it, it very much felt like a, a Moonlight one-off a little bit with some elements of the Place Beyond the Pines in it as well. Um, it, it I think I feel like the Academy has completely abandoned this movie. I don't see it on any prediction list anymore. I, maybe A twenty four has abandoned it. It's not a great movie, but it does have some really strong moments in it, and I think the acting is pretty strong in it. I really liked uh, Sterling K. Brown's performance in it, um, and Kevin uh, Kelvin Harrison Jr. as the as the title role of Tyler. I don't want to say too much about the plot because I think it is a movie that is better if you don't know too much about it going into it. Um, it's really not a bad movie, but I feel like it's very indulgent, very artsy-fartsy, and uh, I wish the director had had a little bit more restraint because there is a lot of emotional truth in the story, but uh, as it is, it's a solid three-star movie, and it will not get nominated by the Academy Awards for anything. For anything, really. Ooh. There's no, a hot no, take. I, I, I feel like A24 has abandoned it. Like, there's been no promotion for this movie whatsoever. Yeah, this was, this was one of the, the big buzz movies coming out of uh, the festival season. And it's like, as soon as the some of the festivals ended, the buzz just, like, plummeted. I mean, and, that yeah, you're right. You're not hearing anything about it. I still feel it. like Sterling K. Brown is, is a solid bet to get nominated. He, he's good in the, he's, he's really good in the movie. Um yeah, I mean, I you know, I, I would uh, honestly, I could see that, but it's not a great movie, and it has some problems with its structure um, and uh, its indulgence, quite frankly. But it does tell a pretty powerful story, and the performances are pretty good. Yeah, everyone was looking at it as here's the next, uh, here's the next Moonlight to right. come up and win Best Picture, and right. that it hasn't followed the same trajectory. Yeah, Trey sure. Edward Schultz's movies were are, are very low budget, so this was a really ambitious movie for him. So I, I was hoping it was going to be good, but I mean, if it's, I don't know, it's kind of disappointing to hear that it's not. It's not all that, I guess. Yeah, it, it's certainly not bad. It's probably overhyped. That's that's the issue. If it wasn't overhyped, if this movie had been released in like May or June, it would be you know a pr- pretty good movie. But it, I don't think it meets the expectations, the lofty expectations that certainly you wrote about Todd. Well, yeah, obviously that's all just speculation, but yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. But still worth checking so, out. <clears throat> yeah, I I I definitely want to watch that one. Uh, so I had on Friday night about the most polar opposite double feature at the movies you could possibly have, and uh, and I'm gonna say it was a a uh, a perfect Terry movie followed by the perfect Todd movie. Let me explain what I saw. So first I started by seeing A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, yes. um, which was outstanding, of course. awesome. Uh, Tom Hanks as Mr. Rogers, he doesn't really look like him. He doesn't even really sound like him, but 
he captures his essence in a way that I don't think anybody else could do. I mean, it, it he just kind of... Usually, you know, you disappear into a role because you look like them. He disappears into it just by being him. It I don't know. It, it's kind of hard to explain. But I, I loved every minute of it. Um, I gave it four stars. It's an awesome movie. Go see it. Yeah, so I followed that up with the most Todd movie out in theaters right now, and that's Queen and Slim. Mm. Um, uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was kind of a shock <laughs> to go from Mr. Rogers to to the modern day Bonnie and Clyde. Uh, so Queen and Slim, it's a solid movie. It's not. Um, I, I, I'm giving it two and a half stars. Uh, it's it's entertaining. The story kind of meanders a little bit in places when it and slows down when it feels like it should be frantic. Um, it it gets a little too preachy in a way that I don't necessarily like. Kind of in a similar way that like Black Klansman did last year. Um, but uh, the performances by Daniel Kaluuya and uh, Jodie Turner Smith uh, at the heart of the movie, they're in like every scene. They're they're amazing. But the movie's just okay. Todd's gonna love it though. I'm not sure why that's a Todd movie, but okay. I'm, I'm... It 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 just is. I I feel like it is, or maybe it's a Zach movie. I don't know. It sounds like a Zach movie. I, I've wanted to see it for a long time. I'll, one of you, I'll one of you is gonna love it. Written by Lena Waithe, who is awesome. Yeah, one of the writers, actors, and Master of None. She, right, she's awesome. Right. Her epi- I just yeah. watched her episode of Breakfast, Lunch, and Dinner with David Chang. She's really really funny. See, I remember her as a as the friend from Re- Ready Player One. Oh yeah, she isn't that. Yep. Yeah. So, anyways, yeah, you guys can agree that that was like the the strangest double feature I could possibly come up with. I knew I wanted to see Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, and Queen and Slim is the one that I that I hadn't seen yet that the time fit the best to be the double feature. So that's what I went with. That sounds so. like something I would do. <laughs> I mean, I went to see the Wolf of Wall Street. I think that's something you did Mr. do. Banks. Uh, and yeah. <laughs> with uh, American Hustle between them, like th- that was a really weird day, but it also took the whole day. <laughs> yeah, that was a crazy triple feature. Nothing beats my quadruple feature though that I did at a uh, Fox Tower in downtown Portland a few years back. It was, it was Whiplash, Birdman, Foxcatcher, and Imitation Game. Wow, it was like that's like the 2014 Oscars in one day. I know it was nuts. <laughs> I got there like 10 a.m. and left at nine. <laughs> <laughs> all right day. it was a good day all right let's uh let's uh get out of that and get into the the movie that we're doing our featured review on this week and that is the recent release to netflix netflix is like crazy in the awards season this year like it, it's going to be impossible to ignore them because a couple weeks ago you had the irishman and now you have marriage story what i love about nicole she is a mother who plays, really plays. What I love about Charlie, he loves being a dad. He loves all the things you're supposed to hate, like waking up at night. She knows when to push me and when to leave me alone. He never lets other people keep him from what he wants to do. Uh, this movie, written and directed by Noah Baumbach, um, Adam Driver, Scarlett Johansson. Let's see here. Zach, I'm going to go to you first. Sure. Um, the, the one... Uh, Mainly because this movie has been compared a lot to, like, it's this year's Kramer vs. Kramer. You're one of the biggest Kramer vs. Kramer fans in the world. 
So tell us about Marriage Story, what you thought, if the comparisons are fair. Yeah, go for it. Okay, so uh, Marriage Story is the latest film by Noah Baumbach. And uh, it is released to Netflix, like Terry was saying. It's a pretty heavy Oscar contender, and it's it, it obviously has some parallels to Kramer vs. Kramer. You know, th- I watched this movie with, with two fairly significant deficits. Uh, one of which was that, uh, yes, this is a movie that's very modeled after Kramer vs. Kramer, and uh, there's no, I mean, when it's like it's like taking on the best. It's like it's like it's like you're 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 uh, Jay Baruchel, and you want to take on Floyd Mayweather. Okay, you're not gonna you're not gonna be the, the the best of the best okay so this movie even had a, a poster that i thought was really similar to kramer versus kramer so that was one deficit that it was facing and the other deficit was that uh quietly i've never really loved noah bombach's films um I, I i honestly none of them have ever eclipsed three stars for me i find him to be sort of a pretentious very east coast filmmaker and his characters are very elitist and kind of snobbish and have a lot of pretension to them and that is actually one of the problems i had with the first like hour of this movie which stars adam driver and star scarlett johansson as a couple who are in the theater scene in new york and are divorcing and you know uh they, they seem to have a lot of money because Scarlett Johansson goes back and lives with her mother in West Hollywood and wants to become an actress, which doesn't really seem like a big problem for her. She's able to kind of get a role kind of right away. And her mother, played by Julie Haggerty, lives in this enormous mansion. So that was a problem I had with this movie kind of right away, which is that this this elitism um, and this kind of classist mentality of Noah Baumbach, I see this in all of his films. Um, I just, uh, it, it really rubs me the wrong way, okay? I'm like a classical Marxist, like I want to overturn the capitalistic, like, you know, hierarchical framework of social classes in society so you know I I really didn't like that however once this movie got past this whole idea that Adam Driver and Scarlett Johansson were very are very privileged people um it's actually a really pretty solid movie um one thing I really like about this movie is that it kind of shows how the system of divorces in this country really promotes uh, the notion that, um, you know, a couple can be on the on the fringes of divorce, like the Scarlett Johansson and Adam Driver characters are at the beginning of this movie. You know, they're sort of exploring it. They're not totally committed to it. But once they get these attorneys, who in the movie are played by Laura Dern, who seems like a shoe-in for Best Supporting Actress at this point, and then uh, Adam Driver's attorneys in this movie are played respectively by Ray Liotta and Alan Alda. Once they get these attorneys, um, it really... Uh, uh, moves the the process along quite quickly. It really exacerbates their feelings toward each other, their feelings of animosity. Um, and that's kind of one of the things I liked about this movie. I think this movie had quite a bit to say about this sort of cottage industry of divorce attorneys that really promote the idea of disillusion. Um, so that was pretty interesting. Um, the performances here are really solid. Uh, Scarlett Johansson will will be a nominee for Best Actress. Uh, her work in this movie and Jojo Rabbit really uh, she's had she's had a phenomenal year. Um, and but you know honestly you know Scarlett Johansson may win an Oscar. Laura Dern probably will win an Oscar. But this movie belongs to Adam Driver. I feel like he is fantastic in this movie. There are scenes in this movie that is some of his. It actually probably is his best work. I've always I've always been a fan of his. I thought his work on Girls, the Lena Dunham series 
series was amazing. There's a scene in this movie that involves him cutting his arm that I thought was absolutely <laughs> phenomenal. I mean, the way that the, 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 the and, you know, a lot of people will talk about this sequence kind of toward the end of the movie where they where they really battle it out and they say really uh, mean things to each other, but really it's more the subtle scenes of this movie, like the subtle uh, mannerisms that he has. So the scene where he cuts his arm is absolutely awesome. You know, this kind of he he's trying to hold it together in the midst of this like ridiculous situation and then he falls flat on his face on the on the kitchen i love that sequence that's that that was awesome um this movie is not Kramer versus Kramer. It's 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 not. It doesn't really. You know, one of the things that I liked about Kramer versus Kramer so much is that it really shows how one person uh, transforms over the course of the divorce. And this movie, at least in the first half, tries to equal the balance between the Scarlett Johansson and the Adam Driver characters. But in the second half, it seems to take a position that the Adam Driver character is the more interesting and more rounded character. I think that's a wise decision by Noah Baumbach. I think Adam Driver is a more interesting character in this movie um, and his story I think is a little bit more compelling in the sense that he really has to give up his career in New York uh, to um, try to commit to uh, what 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 he wants in, in, in this divorce which is custody of his kid um, I found myself really liking this movie, somewhat to my surprise, because I wasn't prepared to like it, even after the 60-minute mark, because I think Noah Baumbach is a pretentious East Coaster. But uh, this movie's really solid, and um, it left me thinking quite a bit about the institution of marriage, about the cottage industry of divorce attorneys, especially in the Los Angeles area. Um, I feel like there is a, a, a it's a little too pretentious for me to really fully put on like my top 10 list necessarily, but this is a solid three and a half star movie that I really enjoyed and left me thinking quite a bit after watching it. And I think Adam Driver is certainly deserving of a Best Actor uh, nomination, as well as Scarlett Johansson and Laura Dern. All right. All right. Todd, where are you at on this one? Yeah, I agree with a lot of what, of what Zach said. I, uh, I, I do think Adam Driver is amazing. He's like, he like charms and rips at your heart at the same time, which is a really difficult thing to do. And Scarlett Johansson, of course, I mean, she's amazing. She's devastating and relatable. I mean, if she doesn't get nominated for this movie, I really don't know what she could possibly get nominated for ever. I mean, she's got four Golden Globe nominations, no Oscars. So uh, I, I, I definitely think this is her movie. And um, I don't know. The, the screenplay, I, I think, is interesting because it it's uh, it's like really like heavily controlled melancholy and insight at the same time and the characters feel real the situations feel real the feelings feel real and uh that and and that's something that i i definitely don't feel when i watch like kramer versus kramer or something i i don't i i feel like it also is a movie that's uh filled with interesting ways of shooting the dialogue you have a lot of reaction shots not just the people that are that are talking and and you have interesting angles and it ma- it makes uh, all of these conversations really different and uh and no, no one's really left off the hook like uh, in Kramer versus Kramer I, w- I always said it was uh, really misogynistic but the, this movie you actually relate to all all the characters you get you get their side you understand them which makes uh the eventual uh uh, like uh, eventually what happens uh, uh all that more difficult to to accept and uh it, it basically to me felt like a bigger budget mumblecore movie which i i love mumblecore and and it, it made it really entertaining and sort of challenging at the same time i, I it also could have been like a mid-90s woody allen movie with like matt dillon and winona Ryder or something mm-hmm. uh but but these actors are so unique that that i feel like these are real people uh the music i i also thought was in a 
strange because it, it's uh, done by Randy Newman. It made it feel like a Pixar movie. Like the beginning is so absurdly up that it, it really was kind of distracting, but it, it, it gave the movie uh, a, a different feel than I, I actually expected. It, it, it ends with a certain amount of hope, which I wasn't really expecting, or I don't really un really think that the characters deserved necessarily, but it's a, but it's hard not to feel for them because it, the movie puts you through the ringer throughout the entire thing. And I think Laura Dern is actually a standout in the movie. She's going to win Best Supporting Actress. Uh, she, she's, like, so effortlessly, like, sincere and cold at the same time. Uh, I, I, I feel like Greta Gerwig probably should have been the lead in the movie because, I, I mean, it, maybe it's just a short hair, but I feel like the role was probably written for Noah Baumbach's partner. And uh, I, I, I feel like it would have been even more devastating having Gerwig in that role than, than Scarlett Johansson. But, uh, but Scarlett's awesome, and... She's going to get nominated, but uh, Greta Gerwig needs a movie like this to actually be taken seriously as an actress. But I mean, now obviously she's just the director. I I I guess I didn't entirely buy the last 15 minutes or so of the movie. Uh, I I feel like it it, uh, it sort of unravels and takes a few liberties I didn't really uh, respect. But uh, I I doesn't really take away from what the experience of watching this movie and. It, it is well over two hours, and I, I don't feel like it ever drags. It, it's a really it's a really good movie, and I, I'm sort of with Zach. It, it's a it's a it's not a masterpiece, but it is a really good three and a half star movie. All right, well uh, I'm agreeing with a lot of what you guys said. I've got it at four stars right now. Um, I really really enjoyed this movie. Um, one of the things that you guys left out that I thought was interesting is it's actually really funny. Like there are some really funny parts, but not like it's it's like real life funny like it's almost like like sideways funny where it's just like it's so real that you have to laugh um it, it it's one of the most lived in movies i've seen in recent years um where it's it's really just following these these people around and it doesn't outside of like that one fight scene it doesn't really go for the over dramatic that um a, a story about this topic could do um but it's a it's a movie about really depressing things that is never a depressing movie which i think is really impressive as well um uh, i i thought I, I agree completely with you zach adam driver steals the show this is his movie i would love to see him win best actor for this and you look at the year he's having he is having an outstanding year between this. Uh, he's got the report that that's been out for a while, just got released on Amazon Prime, and then in a couple weeks we're going to be talking about Rise of Skywalker. Um, and he, this is one of the biggest years you could possibly imagine. And this is coming off his first Oscar nomination last year for Black Klansman. I mean, is there anyone hotter in Hollywood right now than Adam Driver? Well, um, Scarlet also has uh, Endgame, so. You, that's true yeah that endgame jojo rabbit marriage story yeah these are two of the hottest people in hollywood right now and this week the the first trailer for black widow came out which is coming out next spring so i mean she's got she's gonna have a crazy 12 months also um yeah laura dern is is amazing in this as well um one of my favorite scenes is her talking to scarlett johansson about the expectation uh put on mothers uh, that that whole monologue there was just outstanding. 
I like that scene, and then I like the courtroom scene with Ray Liotta, where they're they're arguing back and forth, and then every now and then um, he would turn to him and say, "Why did you do that?" Um, anyways, but he really did that. Why did you do that? Oh, okay, uh, I thought I thought that was just great of how you know the the lawyer real time reacting to something that his that his client had done. Um, but no, I, I loved it. Todd, you mentioned the music. One of the things I really liked about the music, it did feel a little off, but then I realized what it was. The score felt like a 90s score. Like, it, it, it felt like a score, like, different eras of film, like, have different feel to their score. And 90, it had that feel of a 90s score, which almost, for me, it almost made it feel like an instant classic. Because it had a score that a, that a classical 90s movie would have. Um, so it kind of, it kind of put it in that, in that almost like nostalgia mood for me, even though it was a movie that just came out. Um, anyways, I, I was with Zach going into this a little skeptical. I'm not a huge Noah Baumbach fan, but I haven't seen a ton of his movies either. Um, but what I've seen, it's kind of been a, eh, but I, I just fell for this movie like crazy. Loved it, loved it, loved it. And shout out to Wallace Shawn. When was the last time we saw him in a movie? That was pretty cool to see. Yep. Um, but yeah, four stars for me. Well, Toy Story 4, but yeah. Well, scene. We've heard him. <laughs> when was the last time we've seen him? <laughs> I think he's actually going to be in the new Woody Allen movie next year. Oh, interesting. He seems okay. like a good Woody Allen actor. I want to bring up a performer that we mentioned somewhat peripherally. I want to start the campaign for Best Supporting Actor for Alan Alda in this movie. He's mm-hmm. he's awesome in this movie. Every scene he's in, he's not in a whole lot of this movie. He really only has about two scenes where he makes a major impact. Alan Alda, for those of you who don't know, has Parkinson's disease, and um, I guess now the kind of thing is he'll 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 tell a director that basically, you know, it's up to the director to either hide it or show it. And I really like how Noam Baumbach shows it in this movie. And I think it, it, it the character is really fascinating. I love the scene where he's telling that joke about... Uh, it, 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 it's a joke that really ultimately goes nowhere. But it shows sort of uh, who that character is. And, and then I love the payoff of that scene, which is that Adam Driver ultimately goes with the Ray Liotta character later in the movie. But uh, I think he's fabulous in this movie. And with Alan Alda's nomination, this could be a movie that, like American Hustle, like Silver Lines Playbook, maybe gets all four acting nomination uh, nominations. That would be great. It'd, it'd definitely be well-deserved. I, th- I, th- I love Alan Alda in this. These aren't my glasses. <laughs> that, like, that whole, that whole sequence there, it's like, how are you, how do you not know you're not wearing your glasses? <laughs> you're wearing someone else's glasses. Yeah. Anyways. Ray Liotta's yeah, got to be the most on Noah Baumbach actor ever and it was, <laughs> it was nice awesome. to s- it was nice to see him do work outside of commercials for that drug that he promotes uh it's not viagra but it's something like that uh you know what i'm talking about right that the, yeah the, it, it was nice to see him in not uh commercials during a football game yeah he had the something a- about quitting smoking too. or something quitting smoking that's it yeah yeah <laughs> quitting smoking viagra i yeah, mean same thing yeah <laughs> Uh, well, we this is definitely a thrice-approved movie, it sounds like. Adam Driver um, also gave it four stars, too. It's, it's quadruple-approved. Yeah. There, oh, oh, Adam Daly. Adam, yeah, well, Adam Driver, I'm sure, also gave it four stars, but Adam Daly also gave it four stars. 
Like, dude, you have inside information about you know I, Adam Driver actors was a fan rating of their movie. own movies. He thought he, he thought his performance was solid. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh god. It's been a long life. <laughs> it has been a really long life. There you go. All right. Well, yes. Uh, thrice approved. Quad approved. If you want to say that. Uh, yeah, Adam. I think gave this four stars. Um, so uh, this will definitely be a movie you'll hear from again. Like, I think. I think you've got to say Adam Driver's a favorite for best actor, him and Joaquin Phoenix. Uh, you've got um, Laura Dern is a, best is a favorite. Best actor is super for... stacked. It, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, Between, I, don't, I don't know if you could say Driver's the, the favorite, but yeah, he's... He's a favorite. Between him, Joaquin, and De Niro, probably. And Leo. And Anthony Hopkins. And Le- Anthony Hopkins is supporting. Oh. Jonathan Price Jonathan is the one Price. going to lead. Excuse me. Yeah, Jonathan Price. Yeah. However, I just saw Jonathan Price got snubbed by the Critics' Choice. I didn't even tonight, see the nominations. Today. Yeah, they came out today. He got snubbed, but Anthony Hopkins got into supporting. Interesting. They have like seven nominees in every Juicy. category. That, that's a, I know, that's a big I deal. know. Yeah, I'll, 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 uh, I'll look it up here. But um, no, uh, no uh, Alan Alda, though, unfortunately. But, uh, but yeah. It's uh, they had their nominee nominees announced today. I've also noticed a lot. A lot of the early uh, awards things are are nominating Joe Pesci and not uh, Al Pacino, which I find interesting. And it really reminds me of The Departed when uh, obviously Jack had the the really showy role, and uh, yeah. then Mark Wahlberg ended up getting nominated. I feel like Joe Pesci has a really good chance at at winning Best Supporting Actor, which would be really interesting because he retired. Multiple times. Would his speech be longer than two words? Well, his last speech was, what, like six words? Oh, six words. Excuse me. Would it be longer than six words this year? uh, It was an honor. Thank you. Probably. I I don't think he would show up. It was was my pleasure, wasn't that? It It was was my my pleasure. pleasure, It was my pleasure. Thank you. Yeah. Did you guys watch that Netflix show about the making of Home Alone? Where they talked about how Joe Pesci was the child on set and Macaulay Culkin was the adult? No, that's funny. All right, I have I have critics' choice here. So the the best actor lineup is Antonio Banderas for Pain and Glory, De Niro for Irishman, DiCaprio for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood, Driver for Marriage Story, Eddie Murphy for Dolomite Is My Name, Joaquin Phoenix for Joker, and Adam Sandler for Uncut Gems. That that is such a stacked category. It is so stacked. Yeah, and that left off Jonathan Price. Um, I feel like there's a. There's some others that have probably left off too, and then a uh, supporting actor. They nominated six. They nominated Defoe for the Lighthouse, Hanks for A Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood, Hopkins for The Two Popes, Pacino and Pesci for The Irishman, and Brad Pitt for Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. A lot of big names. Yep. Scarlett got in for actress. Dern got in for supporting actress. Scarlett got in for supporting actress for Jojo Rabbit as well. Um. Our girl Zhao Xu Zhen got in for the farewell. Yeah, is there any way Laura Dern doesn't win? I mean, come on. I think it's over at this point. She's long, yeah. over, uh, long yeah, overdue. It's, been a, yeah, it, it's, it's, been it's a over. Long. But is she? But is she our Glenn Close now? I mean, I, I feel like it, I feel like she could lose to Margot Robbie or something. That's random. that's the one that I've been hearing a lot of. Is wait till people start seeing Bombshell and what happens with Margot Robbie. But I, yeah, I, Laura Dern and, and, and Brad over. Pitt, I feel like, are in the same situation. They both have, should no, have won probably absolute, already. 
No, not Brad Pitt. I would not put Brad Pitt in that same category. But I think Laura Dern is done. I think it's over. I don't know. I feel like both of their roles this year are so effortless and so absurdly them that I, I, I it, it just fits so well. I, if they both won, it would make total sense. I think Brad Pitt is a favorite, but I, I don't think he's as, you know, slam dunk as Laura Dern. Yeah, Laura Dern is going to win. I'm, I'm yeah, pretty it's, confident it's, in that. I think it's obvious, yeah. But I, I think Joe Pesci might actually beat Brad Pitt. Is it? Are, are we talking about Adam Sandler getting an actual Oscar nomination this year? I cannot Absolutely. wait to see that movie. I feel like that movie is so me. Like, I, it is. It totally is a is a Todd, it's a Todd movie. movie. That is a Todd movie. Guaranteed I mean, it, to be it's in my a, top ten probably. What about yeah, the odds yeah. of Kevin Garnett or Mike and the Mad Dog getting an Oscar nomination? I, I heard that that Kevin Garnett would beat Tim Robbins as being the tallest Oscar winner. <laughs> That's a great statistic. <laughs> How tall is Tim Robbins? He's like six, 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 seven. Are you, are we talking acting Oscar winner? Yeah. Because Kobe well, did win a couple years ago. That's that's a great point. I I, I, I think Tim Robbins might actually be taller than Kobe, but I think I think it probably was acting. Mm. Tim Robbins, I mean, he's a tall drink of water, with the silver spoon up his ass. Yeah, exactly. Okay, we got to move on. We 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 just completely. Just went down a rabbit hole there. Um, I meant to ask you guys though about about Oscar stuff because a lot of critics groups have been coming out with their stuff and a lot of love for the Irishman. Just saying, a lot of love for it. It's not going to win. I would bet my life on it. Life Dude, savings. Ford v Ferrari got a picture. Gone on too long, apparently. It yeah. has. Ford v Ferrari got a picture nomination from the Critics Choice. It's going That's to be nominated. Pathetic. pathetic. Uh, it's going to be nominated for Best Picture, and it's going to be one of those that's just like, eh. My most anticipated for the rest of the year is 1917 at this yeah. point. At this point, if gun to my head, I think 1917 is winning Best Picture. I'm just going to put that out See, there. It's going to win Best I, Director. I, I could, it's not going to win Best I, Picture. That's what I no, was thinking, not. too. It, it, might, well, it might win Best well, Director and something else win Picture. But everyone it's knows it's Bird Roger Deakins' movie. It's not going to win both. Yeah. Well, Deacons is winning again, that's for sure. Yeah, that's for sure. I think it's winning. For right. sure? Well, nothing's for sure. It's not I divisive. I, I'm not, I think the Irishman I'm, I'm is too divisive. Deacons. It's too divisive. Irishman is too divisive. And there's too much backlash, and it's not like they've gotten over Netflix in a year. It's not like they've accepted that. It's, it's winning Best Picture. Well, Irishman has been sweeping a lot of the critics, um, the critics groups so far this week, but... Roma did last year too, so exactly. Who knows? All right, let's move on because I want to get to our main topic of this podcast. Now that we're like what forty minutes in already, um, and that main topic is our deep dive of one of my all-time favorite movies, the nineteen ninety-two classic, A League of Their Own. Are you coming? See how it works is the train moves, not the station, and batting cleanup, Madonna. What if my uniform bursts open and, oops, my bosoms come flying out? You think there are men in this country who ain't seen your bosoms? A league of their own. All right. God knows we have a game. It's not like any of this helps, believe me. You got Tom Hanks, you've got Gina Davis, Laurie Petty, John Lovitz, of course. We're going to start this off with some uh, with some trivia. And I'm excited because this is something that I'm actually possibly the expert in, so... 
I hope I'm not hyping myself up too much, and then Todd kicks the crap out of me. But uh, Zach is hosting trivia here, and uh, we're going to see how much Todd and I know about this movie. We've both seen it a ton. So, Zach, what are we doing? All how right. are we doing this? Well, we're, we're doing it in the traditional uh, sense, where uh, we're going to start with uh, one person, and we're going to start with Todd this time. Okay. So, Terry, so get, gonna off, unplug? Get, get off the phone. Okay. All right. Give me. Let me know when I'm back. Okay. Will do. No, we'll just leave him off for the rest of the time. Todd, do you believe that Terry gave four stars to It's a Beautiful Day in the Neighborhood? Was that the most... I mean, what was the odds in that in Vegas? Like, minus 375? Yeah. Yeah, that's, that sounds about right. I mean, it definitely... I mean, he did... Save Mr. Banks. Where's it, where's it going to be on his list? It's going to be It's going to be a top five movie... Top four movie for him, I'm guessing. Yeah. I mean, okay. I, I feel like it's going to be two or three. It's it's not going to be his number one, but it's going to be... One I'm going to go with... Like, I'm going to go with four. I think number four is a good spot for it. He does Any, have a lot of four-star movies. Isn't that where It's Complicated was ten years ago? Number four? Yeah, pretty um, much. Okay, anyway, uh, so I have uh, ten questions about A League of Their Own, and uh, we're going to see how you do. Um, personally, I'm kind of rooting for you. No offense to Terry. <laughs> okay, here we go. So, uh, number, first question. Who is watching Dottie's grandkids, Jeffrey and Bobby? That's her daughter? No, it is Julie next door. Come on, man. Let me down here. (laughs) Yeah, Terry's going to get that right. (laughs) (laughs) Probably. What color are the cups on the table at Kit and Dottie's parents' farmhouse? Oh, gosh. Come on, just name a color, man. Uh, blue. Uh, close, but uh, it's actually green. That's not close. How many times did Jimmy Dugan lead the National League in home runs? Uh, like four? Uh, man. Six times is the, Six. is the answer. He had two home <sighs> runs in game four alone, though. I remember that. Okay. Who does Marlo Hooch bear an uncanny resemblance to? <laughs> oh, it's, um... Uh... I I remember I googled the name when I when I heard. I did too, actually, when I when I heard this name as well, and I don't really believe it, but okay. I think it's a little Uh, unfair to to Marlo. It's like Omar Bradley. Omar Bradley is correct. That's what I'm talking about. I got one. Todd's on the board with one point. I I remember. I remember. I was like, yeah, that that, there's that makes no sense, but okay. (laughs) What is May's complaint about her uniform? Uh, that it's that's too short. Uh, no, I I don't think there's anything too short for Madonna. Um, it's that there's no pockets for cigarettes. Uh, uh yeah. What this, is this? Is not going well. Nah, it's not going well, man. It's kind of disappointing. Um, I told you I'm rooting for you, man. I'll even cheat I for you. Watch this oh, movie I on gotta my cut phone, that out. Okay. Okay, uh, what is the full name of the first bus driver? Terry's going to get this one, you know. Maybe. Lou. I don't know. 
All right, I'll give you half point for that. His first name is Lou, and his last name is Gossatelli or Gusatelli. I knew it was Italian. I was gonna say like 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 Pascarelli or something. I, I okay. I, I know what it was, was Lou. What was May's job before becoming a baseball player? Uh she was. Well, she says she was taxi dancing. That I will count that. She's a taxi dancer. Um, what are Marla, this, this question was suggested by my wife. What are Marla Hooch's wedding colors? <laughs> I don't even know if I have a guess. Girl, I don't know. She, green and gold. I don't know. Uh, white and periwinkle. Wow. I don't even remember that quote. What year did Jimmy Dugan die? This is this is not going so well. Nineteen eighty-two. Uh, it's close, but uh, not quite correct. It's nineteen eighty-seven. And then the last question: Sing the theme song to the Rockford Peaches. I have to sing it. Can I yes. just say the words? <laughs> no, you have to sing it. We're the members of the All American League. We're from cities near and far. We got Canadians. Irish ones and sweets. We're all for one. One for all. We're all American. That was beautiful. Okay, Todd, that was awesome. Very good. All right. Yeah, let's get five back. points for that. Uh, we'll see. All right. <laughs> Terry. You suck, Terry. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay, so. Uh, all right. Todd got. Uh, so I have a total of 10 questions. Okay. Uh, do you want to know what Todd got on them? Uh, yeah, tell me what Todd got. Todd got three and a half. Three and a half out of ten, okay. Yeah. I'm, so I'm here going we... with Terry's going to get more than seven. I think that's a, that's a good bet. Yeah, that's right around what I would put the over-under at. Okay. I watched this movie twice yesterday. Oh. Why? Jeez. <laughs> I, I was grading papers. It was great background noise, so I just, it finished. I was like, I'm just going to hit play again. <sighs> okay. Anyways. Who is so watching? the room, so, you know, whatever. Who's watching Dottie's grandkids, Jeffrey and Bobby? Uh, her, her daughter? No! That's what I said! <laughs> I swear that's right. No, it's Julie next door. It's Julie next door. Oh, cause, cause her daughter has to take her to the, take her to the airport, or take her to the bus station, or whatever she's riding on. I'm just, okay. I'm just gonna put it out there, unequivocally, I'm rooting for Todd in this. <clears throat> Alright. <laughs> What color? I know that. What color are the cups on Kit's and Dottie's parents' farmhouse? Are on the table. Are the, the the cups the on the table. Are the cups on the table at Kit and Dottie's parents' farmhouse? <sighs> Gosh. Yeah, you didn't prepare for that shit, did you? I wasn't. I, I all right. There's not a pineapple. I was. How many? How many? I was how many listening to the did, movie. Did I Travis Bickle fire? Yeah, that's that's revenge yeah, I, for that shit. All right. Um. Yellow. Green. Yeah. We were both equally not close. I said blue. Yeah, that's okay. about, that's actually a tie on the color spectrum if you think about it. Um, how many times did Jimmy Dugan lead the National League in home runs? I'm going to say three. 
Same. I was closer. Hey, I'm getting oh. the I'm getting the tiebreaker on the shit. Yeah, I'm going I'm going half point for Todd there. He was closer. Okay. All right, Todd's up to four. Todd four, Terry nothing. That's that's wow. Okay, keep going. Who does Marla Hooch bear an uncanny resemblance to? <laughs> you know, General Omar Bradley. That is correct. <laughs> Todd also got that question. Good job. It took a and, minute, yeah. And we, we talked about it. he She doesn't really resemble Ta- Omar Bradley, but whatever. We both um, Googled them during the There's too movie. strong a resemblance. <laughs> what is May's complaint about the uniforms that she has to wear? Uh, there's no place for her cigarettes. That is correct. Uh, what is the full name of the first bus driver? Uh, I actually I actually had a feeling you were going to ask this ah, question, and I, but I knew the answer anyways. It's Lou Gusatelli. That's correct. Oh, Mr. Gusatelli! Mr. Gusatelli! That was too obvious. All right. What was May's job before becoming a baseball player? She was an exotic dancer. Or, or a call girl. If you want to, whatever. Yeah. I'm going to give you a those are not the Those are not the same thing. Yeah, let's... She was the dancer, I was the bouncer. Let's say zero points for Terry on that one. Taxi dancing. Taxi dancer! Zero points for Terry. Uh, I'm go back no, to no, because Doris, Doris's dad owns the club. Shut me down. May was the May was the dancer. I was yeah, the bouncer. She, she the, does she does refer to that later in the movie. So I'll give you a half point for that. How about that? All right. Okay. Um, what are Mar- this was a suggestion by my wife. This question: um, What are Marla Hooch's wedding colors? Oh gosh. Um. Blue and red. Uh, white and periwinkle. Oh, gosh, yeah. What year did Jimmy Dugan die? 1987. That's correct. And the last question. Sing the theme song to the Rockford Peaches. Batter up, hear that call. The time has come for one and all to play ball. You started way earlier than I did. <laughs> We're the members of the All-American League. We come from cities near and far. We got Canadians, Irish ones, and Swedes. We're all for one. We're one for all. We're all American. Each girl stands her head so proudly high. Her motto, do or die. She's not the one to use or need an alibi. The chaperones are not too soft and not too tough. The managers are on the ball. That's as far as I can get. That's that was impressive. I'm gonna give you five <laughs> extra points for that. So Terry I, wins I, you trivia. You got me to sing on this ten and podcast, a half. So. Oh, okay. <laughs> that is Ta- impressive. I feel like Zach Ta- should get a point. <laughs> I get a point for that. Todd gets five points for singing. The final score is Terry ten and a half, Todd nine, and Zach one. <clears throat> there we go. There we go. That wasn't okay, much so- of a blowout as what I thought. You actually didn't hit my expectation, Terry. That's because there were some random questions. All right, so I watched it. I said I watched it twice yesterday. I I had it on behind me while I graded papers. I wasn't watching it. I was listening but to it. But you watched it, it twice, pit- though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't actually get to see most of it, though, because when did they the, say TV, the TV's there. They uh, don't. You they just don't. have to see it. So you, that- you just have to know what that color is? Uh, yes. Yeah. That's I, pretty I, I was. Yeah. I really just wanted someone to say, like, blue and white, and I was going to say, you're wrong, it's periwinkle, but neither of you said that. <laughs> so, so about the last question there, um, I had a guy in high school that um, we would randomly just 
run into each other in the hallway and start singing that song to each other. Nice. Wow. Who was this person? Yeah. Uh, it was before. It was so he was a senior when I was a sophomore. His name's Steve Johan. Steve, if you're out there, shout out. Wait, Steve, Steve Johan was Johan. a grade below me. No, wait, maybe. Wait. <laughs> no. No, I don't think so. There was a Steve and Johan that I went to high school with that was a grade below me. I played basketball Dude. with him. Who am I thinking of then? Steve. I'm thinking of his brother. S- Steve Johan, we're, we are reaching out to you. I don't think had a brother. <laughs> I'm so confused now. Steve Johan, you know, I think Steve Johan probably hey, had guess never what's seen right this ne- movie. Guess what's right next to my desk? What, your yearbook? My, my, my high school yearbooks. Of course they are. <laughs> I'm looking. I'm looking you this up. You did not go to school with the Steven Johan because he was yeah he was below me. No. Did no, he spell I'm, his name I'm with getting, a J? I think I'm getting his name wrong. Gosh, this is gonna make me feel bad. This should not be on the podcast. Oh, this it should, totally should. <laughs> we should cut this all up. Chris Johan, my bad. So maybe Sorry, I don't Chris. know. Maybe there was a Y O. H-A-N-N? Yeah, Chris so, Johan. Maybe they did have... Maybe, I didn't even know he had a brother. See, I probably... I, I've i heard probably more about Steve because you played... Yeah, like you said, you played basketball and stuff with him. I haven't I haven't thought about that Actually, guy since, like... Actually, I think he was like, two grades below me. Shit. So how would, thought about how, that guy how would you have forever. known him, Terry, if he was two grades below Todd? Because I've watched Todd play basketball. And because I'm awesome. Well, there's that too. At basketball. <laughs> or was. Alright. Well, let's get into into our deep dive now. So, I won, so I'll talk a little bit about A League of Their Own. So, like I said, this is one of my all-time favorite movies. It's one of the best baseball movies of all time. Um, and you've got, you've got Jimmy Dugan leading the Rockford Peaches in kind of, ins- you could say, inspired by a true story, because this actually happened when World War II breaks out. Uh, they uh, they start a women's baseball league so that there's still baseball going on while everyone else is fighting at war. I thought you were going to ask a question about, like, which uh, which baseball players are mentioned or pictured in the beginning, and, like, DiMaggio and Bob Feller and Ted Williams and, and all that. But, uh, but yeah, so the, this... Uh, so they go off uh, and have this baseball league, and it's just following the team around throughout their season. And uh, it's awesome. It's one of Tom Hanks's best performances as Jimmy Dugan. I mean, because think about this. This is 1992. This is like he's playing a drunk out of like retired out of the, baseball player. Four years retired baseball from big. player. Four years removed from big. The year before he plays Andrew Beckett in Philadelphia. Uh, the same year he does Sleepless in Seattle, I, th- this makes it makes no sense that this is what he's come he's doing. But it is he's so perfect. Like, yeah, it, it's it's amazing. So I I can't remember the first time I watched it. it I it's one of those where I just feel like it's always been <laughs> in my consciousness, and uh, and I it's one that whenever it's on, like I'm flipping through the channels, I'll I will always flip to it. I realized just how much yesterday I can quote so much of this movie, and uh, and do quote, it, and and do quote it all the time. <laughs> but yeah, I, I I love it. How about you, Todd? 
Yeah, again, yeah, it's one of those movies that I just feel like I've watched forever. It, uh, but when I actually watched it a couple days ago, I don't really remember the first, like, five minutes of the movie. I, I feel like I've maybe have only seen that maybe once or so. It's similar to, like, A Few Good Men in that way, where it's like, I, I've seen it on TV so many times, but I've never actually seen it from beginning to end, necessarily. Right, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, I've, I've always loved the movie. Uh, Tom Hanks is awesome, and it's, yeah, it, it is one of the top five baseball movies. Uh, and, uh, yeah, it's it, it's one of those movies I'll, I'll never grow tired of. And it's really kind of forward-thinking, too. I mean, you have, like, one of the greatest baseball movies is about a girls' baseball league. And in an industry that, that uh, you hear so much about how it's so, you know, male-centric and chauvinistic that you have this this amazing movie about a very, you know, typically masculine thing that's run by women and strong women that do an amazing job at it. it it's just cool. What about you, Zach? Yeah, um, I didn't grow up with this movie quite the same way that either of you two did. Uh, I think it's a good movie. I have it ranked number 27 on my 1992 list uh, between mm. uh, Muppet Christmas Carol, which is below it, and Passion Fish, the John Sayles film, which is... Uh, are those three stars or what? Those are three star movies, yes. Um, it's a solid movie. I rewatched it yesterday. I found myself bored through the first 30 minutes of it, kind of like Todd was alluding to. Um, it has some good moments in it. I think it has a strong uh, message. Um, I think Tom Hanks should have been nominated for an Oscar for it and Best Supporting Actor in 1992. Um, other than that, it's somewhat forgettable. I'm sorry. Really? I'm That's sorry. That's the hot take you're going Steve with. Steve Johan would disagree with me. <laughs> Dude. I have it number 14 in 1992, but it is still just three stars. It's like high three stars. but I have it as a four star, but I'm trying... I don't think it's my number How one. How many though. four star movies do you have all time? Way too many. I'll be honest. Movie, it does have a good message, though. I agree. I, and there are some very good moments in this movie that are very funny. And R.I.P. the late, great Penny Marshall. Because, you know what? She's awesome. And there are a lot of good, good individual moments in this movie. Is is there a more, like, unsung director, like all time than Penny Marshall? I mean, look at her filmography. She was an amazing director, and never got the credit for it. Uh, she she was amazing. She was just amazing. So I, 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 have, feel, I feel I have, like that'd be like John Hughes sort of, but uh, John Hughes when he died, like he he had like everybody was singing his praises, but like he was never really looked at as a great director at the time. I feel like Penny Marshall's in that same vein. Yeah, yeah. I wanted to talk a little bit about Penny Marshall. I guess we can mention this. I I sort of agree with you, Terry. Uh, she never made a thumbs down movie, in my estimation. I never saw Jumpin' Jack Flash, which supposedly was not a very good movie, but big, great movie classic amazing introduced john introduced tom hanks to the world you know awakenings john hanks as well his brother (laughs) awakenings great movie robin williams i thought was Mm -hmm. nominated for best actor on the last podcast wasn't (laughs) should have been and then uh low-key solid movie from 2001 riding cars with boys with drew barrymore and steve zahn sadly i didn't know she did that one sadly her last 
uh, last feature-length film. Not a bad movie at all. Absolutely a thumbs-up movie. A, a good movie. And then it says, according to IMDb, that she has a movie in post-production, which is a documentary about Dennis Rodman. So we got a Dennis <laughs> Penny, Rodman documentary. Penny Marshall Orson and Wells Dennis Rodman. Wow. That's awesome. That's amazing. How How is that, like... Where is this movie? Is this going to be a Netflix movie? It's got to be. There's no way that they would actually still be doing it. It says it's coming out in September of 2020. So it's not Netflix. Uh, they wouldn't have a release date already. Rodman is a story of NBA Hall of Famer Dennis Rodman told by Penny Marshall. Dennis told Penny he didn't trust or want anyone else to tell his story. If you think you have heard it all about Dennis Rodman, this film will open your eyes. <laughs> wow. Yes. Oh, we got to review this. Oh, my word. Yeah, we're reviewing that when it comes out. All right, well let's let's uh let's get into into what we uh what we're getting into in this one. So what are we going with? Highest war first. Yes. Okay. Uh, I, I'm get I'm gonna start. There's so many different places you can go with this, but um, uh, there's only one place I can really go, and it's it's John Lovitz. I'm Ernie Cappadino. I'm a baseball scout. I saw you playing today. Not bad. Not bad. You ever hear Walter Harvey makes Harvey bars? You know, the candy. Yeah, we feed them to the cows when they're constipated. That's the guy. He's starting the girls' baseball league. So we can make a buck while the boys are overseas. Want to play? <laughs> what? No. I mean, is this a joke? No one else... The, all right, all right. So this is something... Like, Penny Marshall... I, I remember hearing at one this point, Penny Marshall, really like, like John Lovitz was her... Was his... Uh, was her like good luck charm and he had she wrote a role into like every movie for him and this is like the best john lovitz role ever and it is the most john lovitz role ever i know you guys are all gonna say other stuff um and there there are some other amazing ones that you could say but no one no one else no one else could play uh the role of the baseball scout uh quite like that every word out of his mouth is pure gold um, and it, it is endlessly quotable. And so John Lovitz as a uh, Ernie Cappadino, that is, that is my highest war. That is a terrible pick. The, it's, wow. it, the, it might be the, te- a terrible pick, but it's the right pick. Can you go to me next? Zach, <laughs> who's the highest war? Obviously the highest war of this movie is one Mr. John Hanks. I mean, Tom Hanks, excuse me. Are you crying? Are you crying? There's no crying. There's no crying in baseball. Why don't you leave her alone, Jimmy? Oh, you zip it, Doris. Rogers Hornsby was my manager, and he called me a talking pile of pig shit. And that was when my parents drove all the way down from Michigan to see me play the game. And did I cry? Tom Hanks is amazing in this movie, man. Like, he rocks, you know? Like, okay, John John Lovitz, what? He's in the movie for five minutes. Tom Hanks yes. carries this movie, okay? I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go here. My favorite scene in this movie, the scene that I think makes this movie actually pretty special, is when he kisses that that lady on the bus. <laughs> If you if you watch that like I love okay Penny Marshall great direction here restraint uh, directing uh, it just focuses on his reaction to kissing that lady that 
maybe Miss Cuthbert. Miss Cuthbert. Cuthbert. Excuse me, Miss Cuthbert, who bears she a striking re- she bears a striking resemblance to the Wicked Witch of the West. If you watch his face in that ten second sequence, that may be the greatest acting of all time. <laughs> and uh, yes, uh, Tom Hanks and Jimmy Dugan should have been nominated Best Supporting Actor ninety two. Better than Gene Hackman in Unforgiven. He he maybe would have won the Oscar. He's amazing in this movie. There's no other actor who could play Jimmy Dugan quite that way. Tom Hanks, man. It's I feel just, like he would have been billed as best actor, though. That's that's probably the problem. He is the top billed actor in this movie. He I, probably I, I, I noticed that probably as well. He probably would have been going for best actor, and that would have prevented him from getting nominated. By, by the way, I think Miss Cuthbert was bearing a striking resemblance to a flying monkey, not the Wicked Witch. With the tiny little hat she was wearing, it's quite possible. It had to be. All he says is, "All he says is." By the way, I love doing the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> they throw dirt in her face. It's got to be the Wicked Witch. The, the tiny little hat, and then she looks like a flying monkey. That's always what I thought. Anyways, Todd, where are you going for highest war? Uh, my highest war, I went with David Strathairn as Ira Lowenstein because I listened back to our podcast where we did the recasting of this movie. And our choices were, Zach said, Russell Crowe. <laughs> Terry said, Tony Hale. And I said, Steve Zahn. None of which I feel like are anywhere near the right hey, choice. Tony I, Hale's not bad. Tony Hale's not bad. Oh, I'm glad you agree with yourself. It's Tony I, no. Hale. <laughs> Dude, Is he like Lou Whitaker's friend? But I don't know. I, I just feel like it, it's that difficult to replace Strathairn's persona his diction everything about him Terrible is just choice. really unique and I, I i don't know i apparently that was really hard to recast because we had so like our choices were so bad that uh i i yeah i i mean i i guess i guess we can't replace uh we can't replace david stern that's it's terrible un- it's understated but i mean he's important to the story but yeah we, oh I mean, my god you said russell crowe zach Russell Crowe's yeah, great. I think though. it just—I think it just shows how much thought Zach put into our recastings we used to do. So, but, um, so in this yeah. movie about empowering women, women during World War II, we cast three men as the as as, <laughs> as the as the highest war performances. That's terrible. I feel I feel ashamed. <sighs> Stephen Johan would be wa- listening listening to this podcast in God. shame right now. <laughs> oh man. <laughs> Uh, all right. Where are we going next? Worst performance. Worst yes. performance. Good category. Okay, this is pretty easy for me. Where I it it jumped out at me. Worst performance is by far Kit and Dottie's mother. <laughs> by far. You scare the chickens. You'll scare the chickens. Or they're arguing about whether or not they should go. Quiet, girls! Your dad is trying to listen to the radio. I, <laughs> I mean, it, it was it was such a bad. It, she's so bad, and she that's really her only two lines are those that right there. Those are her two lines in the whole movie, and it's the one time throughout the movie that you just go, oh gosh, get her off the screen. <laughs> and one of them she isn't even on screen for. I don't think she actually says a line into the camera. But she's the worst. She's the worst. The worst. Run, stop running. You'll scare the chickens. They're baseball players. I... <laughs> Brilliant. Uh, all right. Yep. Yeah, that's what I got. 
Uh, mine was uh, Gary Marshall as Walter Harvey. Good call. I, oh, good call. I feel like he he's just really disinterested every time he says anything. Like I I mean he's only cast obviously because it's relation to the director, but it's just a really bad effort. Like I I don't really buy him as being this like big, uh, uh, business owner like this rich man. He doesn't even like uh, carry himself that way. Like his posture and language is just like one giant shrug. It's it it, it, it at no point did I ever think that he was actually the you know, rich Mr. Candyman or whatever. Yep. And that's just kind of Gary Marshall. It's rude. There my, we go. My worst performance is Harry Shearer as the newsreel announcer. Because, <laughs> yeah. like, I mean, it's obviously Harry Shearer reading that. And I mean, maybe in 1992, people didn't realize that. But it's so obvious that it's, it's Harry Shearer. And it doesn't sound remotely realistic at all. You know, Harry Shearer was one of the few people to see the uh, unfinished cut of uh, the the clown movie that Jerry Lewis made about the clown that goes into uh, the Holocaust. And um, yeah, I would have much rather Harry Shearer talk about that than be the newsreel announcer in this movie. That is lovely. Definitely Zach's choice. Yeah. Yes. Well, he's got to mention Harry Shearer on every podcast, I think. At this I point, think so. Harry Shearer is the is the Greg Kinnear of this podcast. Like he deserves a mention every every time he's in a movie. I, I well well okay, but uh, in, in all seriousness, because come on, in all seriousness, Harry Shearer, Harry Shearer would definitely be playing your dad in a movie. So probably, obviously. but come on, yeah, wh- obviously, why couldn't they have cast someone else as obviously noticeable as Harry Shearer? Like when you're hearing that voice, it's obviously Harry Shearer, right? It, it kind of takes yeah. you away from the movie. He's not exactly a household name. I mean, maybe at the time it'd be a little bit more noticeable, but I don't know. I, I don't think it's that bad. It's not. It, it, I mean, it's not as bad as Quentin Tarantino's voice in Jackie Brown, but it's still pretty bad. <sighs> All right. Terry's ready to move on. <laughs> the first Take deep a breath. Stick man, Terry. What, what do you got? Yes. Yes, I'm Biggest so excited stick for this man? category. Is that all right? Oh gosh, um, that's a great question. If someone else has has one, go for it. All right, I'm, I'm going I'm with uh, Stillwell Angel because yes, uh, yes, like all these hot older ladies are, are like all like they're kind of still all over him. It's I mean it's I mean he just I mean he's the Pee Wee's Big Adventure guy at that point, and and it's like. He grew up in a ladies' locker room, just like, you know, in What Women Want. You know, Mel Gibson's character grew up in, like, a burlesque changing room or something. Like, he, I, he's got, like, I don't know. I, he's got that swagger, I feel like, still. And uh, I, mean, I, I got, bet he got an inconceivable amount of ass in his day just because of that, that his background. Still Angel. Definitely a stick man. I didn't realize his name was Stillwell Angel until I watched this movie yesterday. His name is not Angel. That's what they call him. That's why. That's why my. That's why my fantasy baseball team's name was Stillwell Angels. <laughs> yeah, it was. And I and I also had a team named Jimmy Dugan's Peaches, by the way. Just to throw that out there. Zach, do you have one? Sure, do I you do. Agree that he's a stick man. That that's a good choice. Thank, that is a good thank choice. You. Thank you. And I, lo- I loved your explanation, too. It was well done. There was a lot of thought that went into that, actually. Well, uh, all right. Okay, I'm going to go. No, I thought you uh, called on me, man. All right, fine, fine. Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. I'm going to go Eddie Jones as Dave Hooch. 
Because Dave Hooch... <laughs> what? <laughs> Dave Hooch, you know, he, he had a wife at some point in this movie. Obviously not a great looking woman, but, you know, he's a widower. And that has some credibility with, with some women out there. And uh, I think he loves his daughter a lot. And, you know, Eddie Jones... She's got an eye like DiMaggio. She does have an eye like DiMaggio. And uh, he cares about his daughter. And uh, he wishes she was a, a boy. Curiously enough, Eddie Jones was also in The Terminal. And he played the role of Sal Salchok. Um, so he knows Tom Hanks pretty well. I'm going with uh, Eddie Jones because he has a lot of depth and a lot of grace and a, a lot of soul, like Maya in Sideways. And uh, he's a stick man. He's getting it in. We don't okay. see it in this movie, but he's getting it in. He's never gotten it in, except for there, you know, Marla. There, there is only there is only one like one answer to this and that is the fact that you have a character named all the way may i mean that may may more to men in this country ain't seen your bosoms yeah there men in this country who ain't seen your bosoms um (laughs) oh may that dress is way too tight i don't plan on wearing it for too long doris Uh, (laughs) see but we 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 discriminate like you cannot we're sexist yeah we we can't do this yeah 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 you're 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 gonna you're gonna throw that out there when we do highest war but when we go biggest stick man we can't say uh we can't give a woman it it is so obvious we have to do it i mean she teaches shirley to read with a dirty novel (laughs) i mean this is this is the definition this is yeah this is the milky white bread milky white this is this is the definition of a of a female stickman is all the yes. way May. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Terry wins. If, You're right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's more than a name, it's an attitude. That's all I'll say. <laughs> okay. What next? Where are we going? What are we doing? Well, I, I guess I don't want to go there this early, but I, I do want to talk about some flaws in this movie. <coughs> Let's do it. Because I think there are some flaws in terms of the baseball strategy of one manager, Jimmy Dugan, in this movie. Mm. Okay. So, All so, right, let's hear it. So, so maybe, I mean, we can go into flaws later, but how about the biggest baseball-related flaws in this movie? Like... Like strictly speaking of strategizing the sport of baseball. Okay. I, I feel like there's something very specific you're you're uh, you're thinking about talking about here, Zach. So go ahead. Well, I just I I don't like Doris at third base. What are we thinking there? N- not a good strategy. Okay, Doris is a first baseman. All right. Why is Doris playing? playing third base does she have that great of an arm i don't really see it i know she threw the ball pretty hard at uh, at dotty when she first got there yeah what are you a genius <laughs> you know they got over 100 girls here so um some of you are gonna have to go home yeah sorry about that come on doris Those people are jerks what do you mean home. some of us do it <laughs> okay some of them are going home hey how did you do that excuse me hey hey you caught that hello 
you caught that. Hello. She, she also <laughs> looks and sounds a lot like, uh, what's his name? Like, uh, like what, Chuck from Little Big League, the, the one kid. Like, she, she, like, it is almost distracting how much they have the same, like, fake New York accent. You know, look at me, answer that. Look at me. Yeah, like the the one kid, he's she sounds just like him, and looks just like him. They have the same haircut. <laughs> uh, that's not a no, flaw. Dor- that's just an observation. That's just an observation. Now Doris is a Doris is a great for uh, third baseman. I, she's a great third baseman. I disagree. Dor- Doris, I, I don't know if she's athletic enough. Can she, I mean? You've got to make a lot of plays at third base, man. I, I, I third base is the perfect spot to put someone who doesn't have as much lateral speed. Is she just like a backstop over there? Is that what you're saying? Exactly. Oh, no. That's how that's how third basemen's work. For me, like the the flaw baseball wise is like, uh, how many games is these they, they actually play? Like it seems like they played like fifty or more games. There are only four teams, and they make a yeah. big deal about when they clinch the playoffs. So what did they actually accomplish? Like they got into the four team playoff. Or was there only a World Series? There was not a semifinal. I think there had to only be a World Series. That, yeah, that's what I was saying. And, and like Lo- Lowenstein's like, oh, I'll trade you to, uh, you know, I could trade you to like Racine, South Bend, or Kenosha. It's like, yeah, those are the rest of the teams in the league. <laughs> Obviously, those are the only options to trade anybody. <laughs> those are the only options. <laughs> that's always bothered me. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I think the biggest one is, okay, um, is is there, like, a worse teammate than Kit? Like, no. she is the worst teammate of all time. Absolutely agree. Uh, I mean, it, uh, yes, yes, I realize that most of the, the anger and aggression is toward her, is toward her sister, but, like, then she's, like, sobbing in the dugout during the last game when she's on deck, and then she gets up there, and... Okay, she ends up being the hero, but Doris gets the ball when she's still a step away from stepping on third base. <laughs> I mean, and she goes home. <laughs> and I should just tagged her. I know, seriously. <laughs> yeah, that that one I I noticed this time. I was like, whoa, come on. Yeah, that was that was uh. That was pretty bad. I don't know. Strategy wise, though, it seems it seems it seemed pretty fine. Other than that, I don't think they made any bad calls. Okay, I, actually, here here's the question. Here's the question: Should they have gone for the suicide squeeze with Marla up, or should she have swung away? It worked. They swung away, and it worked. But should they gone for the suicide squeeze? The infield was back. It was gonna work. It, it they should have gone for it. I don't think Marla I, had ever. Lay down a bump before. Are you kidding? Mm. She'd only ever played baseball. That was her life. Okay, here's 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 the other here's the other flaw. Here's the other flaw. Um Marla's a switch hitter and only ever batted right handed in, in the league. Right. They she, never let her bat left. Never because Jimmy Dugan was too drunk. Yeah. I like that move in the fifth inning there where you scratched yourself for ten minutes. <laughs> well, anything worth doing is worth doing right. It was scratch your ball for balls for an hour, but yeah. Oh, that's what which it is. Which Whatever is another it was. flaw because an inning does not last an hour. 
I was. It, it started in that inning. <laughs> did, did you notice the uncanny parallels of the final inning of the World Series in this movie to the final inning of the 2012, uh, 2014 World Series with the Royals and the Giants? I couldn't help thinking of that uh, at, at this movie, you know? Kids. So what you're saying is, what you're saying is they should have sent Alex Gordon home. They should have sent Alex Gordon home. <laughs> believe it or not, we in Kansas City, in the Kansas City metropolitan area, believe that we should have sent Kans- uh, should have sent Alex Gordon home, and then we would have Oh, I, I agree completely. Cor- I was Husker. screaming at my TV, send him! Send him! And then they didn't. Yeah, totally agree. Um, all right, well, let's talk flaws. I mean, that was uh, you. You brought it up. Let's talk about some flaws in this. I I feel like every throw that they're like shaking their hand after they catch it, it was just lopped. Like, who made these gloves? <laughs> like, I, I it's yeah, never made I, any well, sense. Well, those are, they're, they're 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 the like forties gloves. They're pretty crappy. I know, but why would any lob throw make any more of a difference when you catch it than any other one? The o- the only one I would say that was worth shaking your hand at was the was the rope that Dottie threw to second base in the tryout. But it wasn't a rope; like, it still was lobbed over there. No, that I thought that that one was a that one was a cannon. Though. The cannon was was uh was what's her face throwing it at Dottie, and she caught it with her bare hand. That was the only time you ever see a throw that isn't like a lob. Every pitch was a lob. Eh. I don't know. You make a valid point. I know. That's why I said I'm, it. My 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 flaw. I've I've got a couple flaws. One of them is, uh, it is quite obvious that Gina Davis is horrible at baseball. You said this in our recasting. Yeah, we talked about. We did talked it, about did this I say before. this in the recasting? Yeah. I, yeah. You said Even she obviously it. knows nothing about baseball, and she cannot look like she's playing a baseball player. Now, okay, so so doing some research for this, uh, Gina Davis was a last minute casting. It was supposed to be Deborah Winger. And wow. the, yeah, she's a catcher. Yep. And the rest of the the rest of the girls, including Deborah Winger, had gone through like an entire training camp on baseball, and then Deborah Winger had to drop out at the last minute and was replaced by Gina Davis, and she was the only one that hadn't gone through like this baseball training. That's really could ex- fascinating. Yeah, it could that. explain it could explain a little bit about why she's a little, a little out of out of touch with it a little bit and doesn't quite look as much that she knows what she's doing, especially at the plate. Like her swinging a bat, you do not see power hitter. But, um, no, the other flaw I'm going to say is, is a little bit more of a, a little bit more of a flaw. And I really realized it as I watched it back to back twice yesterday. Um, the bookends of this movie are extremely corny. Yes. Extremely corny. Yes. And and unneeded, especially the the end goes on way too long. Um, but yeah, the the bookends are are extremely corny. With that said, I will say so the the lady they got to play old Dottie, it's kind of ridiculous how much she actually looks like an old Gina Davis. One and two, it's one of the most seamless like dubbings of voices I've ever heard. Like if you didn't know any better, you would think that was just they made Gina Davis look old. But they didn't. It was an actress, and they dubbed her voice. Yeah, that that was going to be one of my questions about this movie. It didn't really fit a category, but if this movie was made in twenty nineteen, would they have used de aged technology on Gina Davis? 
No, I don't think they would have de. Wait, what? You mean they? They don't. Wait, what is that? Naged? They would have reaged? I don't. No, they just you. They just have practical, like makeup for that. <laughs> I don't think they would have used CGI. They never use CGI to age someone. They just use makeup. That's why you always get the young person playing someone that that uh, spans a long time. But they never Marty. tried that before. Maybe they would have. Yes, I kind of low-key think they would have. Yeah, no, nothing shouts Penny Marshall movie like CGI. <laughs> uh, Zach, do you have any flaws? My biggest flaw with this movie, it's always been the biggest flaw in this movie, is that... The most interesting character is Jimmy Dugan, okay? Like, it's a good movie. It, it has a strong feminist message. I get it. Penny Marshall's a great director. Gina Davis is amazing in this movie. But the most interesting character is Jimmy Dugan. This should be a movie about women who are interesting, not Jimmy Dugan. And, like, Jimmy so Dugan... So Tom Hanks shouldn't have been cast in the movie. I don't, I, I don't know what to say. I don't know what to say about it. He's the most interesting. I, every scene he's in, he's amazing. I, I cannot deny it. It is an intrinsic feeling that I cannot withhold in myself. He is the most interesting part of this movie. He's, I already told you he's the highest war performance. He's, well, he, I mean, we're going to talk about MVPs in a second, but he should be a, a, a strong MVP candidate. I just, I, I, that, that has always been the biggest flaw in this movie to me is that the most interesting character and the scenes that I want to rewatch and go to YouTube and watch again are the scenes with Jimmy Dugan. I think it's just kind of like what Todd said. He is just so good that he steals every scene. I, and I, yeah, I, I mean, get it. And no, at no point, at no point is this movie about him. It's about the girls. It's about Dottie and Kit. He just does such a good job. Like you said, he's a supporting actor in this. He he just does such a good job in those scenes that he's in that he steals the scenes. And so you're basically saying that you're going you're you are uh you are discounting this movie because the male performances are too good in a female centric film. Yeah, well the male the performance Singular. The one performance. Not John Lovitz. Your war. No, John Lovitz, I would, I would add to that, too. He, he yeah. He okay. steals every scene he's in. All three of them. Okay, so, yeah. It's sort of yeah. favorite no, I, minor character. Yes, good category. Favorite minor character? <laughs> yeah. Okay. I've got, I've got a favorite minor character. He's always been one of my, one of my favorites of this of this movie John that is no the the pa announcer <laughs> i love the pa announcer ah take me home doctor <laughs> a frozen rope he's so good the master strategist the... <laughs> <laughs> what's the, what's the last the last line he, he gives um I have seen enough to know that I have seen too much. I mean, it is, it is such a great, he's, it is, he's perfect. He's perfect. He's always been one of my favorite parts of this movie. It just sets it like perfectly in the, in the right, uh, in the right time frame too. That's a good one. That, that was one of the ones I was thinking about too, but my, my favorite minor character is Racine's catcher. 
I don't that she actually has a name. <laughs> yes. But she, she looks like a catcher. Like, I mean, she looks up to Dottie like she's a ringer or something. And she talks trash like she's like Ham and the Sandlot or something like that. And, I mean, she has a lot of really good lines. I think she's really underrated as a player in the league. She's like like, like a Russell Martin or something uh, of the All-American Women's Baseball League or something. Like, she's, she's, an, awesome, she's an awesome character. I wish we would have seen more of her. Well, one of the more underrated oh, lines of the whole thing is after is after Dottie catches a ball in the splits, she looks at her manager and goes, I can't do that. Can't do that. Who can? <laughs> the, the surgeon from uh, Look Who's Talking. <laughs> wow. You are absolutely right. Yes. Uh, all right. Zach, what about you? Uh, I was going to go with the charm school instructor. I... She's awesome in this movie. Posture? Posture? I can't remember the exact lines, but... Uh, Gracefully and grandly. I, I loved her scenes in the movie. Uh, her reaction to the unibrow is amazing. Um, yeah, she's, she's awesome in this movie. What do you suggest? A lot of night games. <laughs> There's so many great one-liners in this in this movie. I love it. Uh, All right, so should we who just would, talk about who would Nicholas Cage being the biggest douchebag? No, no. Before we go there, who yep. would Nick, who would Nicholas Cage play? Uh, Nicholas Cage. All right, 1992 Nicholas Cage or present day Nicholas Cage? I I don't know. That's a good question. We've um, 1990. All right, here, here, here's, here's what I got. 1992. Nicholas Cage would play Ira Lowenstein. Yes, um, that's what I thought. Recent, too. Yeah, I recent day Nicholas Cage would be Walter Harvey. Marla's father, Eddie Jones. Mm. No, can't can't you see can't you see like like Nicholas Cage putting on a little bit of makeup and like, look at me now. I have a pork. <laughs> He would have made it more interesting than Gary Marshall, for sure. He would he would have been an upgrade. Yeah, but, but uh, yeah, I mean, 1992 Nicholas Cage, for sure. Like, he has that, like, the the wit and that, like, sad demeanor is, like, totally Nicholas Cage as core. Like, you know, like, when he says, like, because you're the queen of diamonds, it's like him saying, like, two Rogers don't make a right, you know? Like, he's got... He's, that, that, that's why I was saying, this is, yeah. And I was going to say, it, it's basically staying the good speed. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really upset that we didn't come up with that during our recasting because, I mean, anything would have been better than, you know, Russell Crowe. And, uh, you know, I, I honestly... Well, that's because I, I we were trying to think Steve of, like, present-day stuff. <laughs> we are trying to think of present-day stuff. Yeah, Steve Zahn would have been in this movie if, if he had been relevant in 1992. Yeah. Okay, another favorite... I gotta say one more favorite... Uh, favorite minor character um and that is the two guys that fawn over doris from the from the stands yes. and, and the suds bucket 22 22 yeah they're just great yes they are and, great and the fact that she is repulsed by them that's that's my best part that's <laughs> that was my favorite part of them pers- if you would ask me anybody's number in in the game, I would not have been able to say a single one except for twenty two, just because of that. <laughs> I, like at times, I don't even think they have numbers. 
Oh, they all have numbers. Daddy's eight. You watch. I was going to ask. I, I was going to ask you about that on trivia, but I thought Terry would watch it twice while grading homework, and he would know <laughs> the answer to those questions. Yeah, pretty much. The Chiefs just won, by the way. Yes. Yes, bitch. Twenty-three sixteen. I think the Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl this year, man. Well, they're not going to get home field. I like the Vegas odds in that shit. Alright, so should we now talk about Jimmy Dugan being the biggest douchebag? Yes. I've got another candidate for biggest douchebag. I do too. That I think is a worse douchebag than Jimmy Dugan. I, okay, let's hear it. Okay, go so my it. my biggest douchebag is the uh, is the telegram delivery boy. Ooh, good call. I'm not sure uh, that's really yeah. douchey, but yeah, he's he's definitely dude. Yeah. He, he is, is he asshole. is a total yeah yeah yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah he just I walks agree. in is like, oh oh, uh, I had the name right here. I mean, at least they could send someone uh, personally to tell you your husband's dead. It's like, dude, dude, you are an insensitive douchebag. That yeah. He is the worst. The worst. This is from the War Department! Yeah. The worst. The worst. In his 30 seconds on screen, he becomes the worst character in the entire movie. But Jimmy walks all slowly and dramatically all the way over to her. He could have just said, like, oh, it's you, instead of making it all that, like, super, like, long pause before you find out who it is. Yeah, I don't know. That's a really, that's a really dick thing to do. It, it it he was trying to be to be compassionate in the moment and sensitive in the moment where the other dude obviously has never heard of the words sensitivity and compassion great great traits in a douchebag that think that thinks his job as a telegram delivery boy is is like the most important thing ever because he delivers telegrams about people dying from the war. Yeah. The messenger definitely a better a better delivery person for that. <laughs> uh, Alright. What about you, Zach? What was yours? Biggest douchebag in this movie? I think I would go Bob. Because let's let's talk about Bob for Bill a second. Pullman. <laughs> yes, Bill Pullman. Bob, Name that Bill. They got all the way to Colorado or whatever. Yellowstone. Bob, Bob returned. Yeah. Yes, and she saw all the bears there. Isn't that what she says? Something like that. They um, got all the way to Yellowstone Park before we turned back. Besides, I'm no quitter. Yeah. Bob basically ruins uh, Dottie's career as a baseball star. Dottie is clearly the greatest athlete of this league she's clearly the mvp she's clearly the lamar jackson of the women's baseball league in 1945 and bob comes back in his uniform and he 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 wants he wants dinner to be made he wants to take her back home he wants her to do the chores at the house he is the biggest douche in this movie bob is terrible i feel like jimmy dugan has to be the biggest douchebag i mean what does he say? He's like, uh, girls, what you sleep with after the game, not on and on what you do during the game. 
you know, I mean... But he's too a, funny to be a douchebag, though. But, I he's, mean, I, I feel like it, there are times when I feel like I'm listening to Sheriff Woody just, like, be a dick to everybody, <laughs> you know? Yes. It's, it's like he's yelling at Rex and Slinky and, the like, the Pizza Planet uh, aliens or something. I don't know. You know, and, and he, he mentions the, the waitress in South Bend during his prayer. I mean, he's a, he's a total <laughs> douchebag. Everything, like, there's not a, an ounce of his body that is not douche. But, I mean, yeah, I guess Bob. Bob is a pretty big douche, too. But, yeah, Jimmy Dugan has to be the biggest one. All right, Terry. So I'm, I'm looking through some trivia on IMDb right here. So I mentioned Deborah Winger was originally supposed to be uh, Dottie. And Lori Petty was cast as Kit because she looks like Deborah Winger. Um, but Deborah Winger, um, two things uh, contributed to her uh, her dropping out. She suffered a back injury, one, and Madonna signed on. Yep. As soon as as soon as Madonna signed on, Deborah Winger dropped out. Anyways, that was completely unrelated to anything we were just talking about, but I had to go with it. Nice. What was the yes. other one I, I was mentioning to you, Todd? Who was originally supposed to be uh, be the stars of this movie? There it is. Jim Belushi and Laura Dern were supposed to be Jimmy Dugan and Dottie Henson. Yes. I had to mention it because it kind of brings this whole thing full circle. Yeah, Jim Belushi probably wouldn't have been as scene-stealing. So, I mean, maybe that would have been good in Zack's movie. Yep. Yeah. Alright, where are we going next? What else do we have to have to talk about? I don't know. I think we just have, like, LVP and MVP. I don't, I don't know what else. Do we really? I agree. Yeah. I Is that all, all we got? Mm-hmm. Alright. Did this get any awards buzz at all i'm trying to remember it was it was, it was released in the summer clubs. too early it was what it was released too early yeah uh, july release like it, it was nominated for like best actress in a comedy for gina davis and uh something else like a song yeah, or nominated something. two golden globes yeah gina davis and uh and original song this used to be my playground the one at the start of the by carol king uh, the credits it says here it was by madonna oh okay never mind of course yeah that was way off um <laughs> didn't carol king sing the song to this movie at the beginning or am I at crazy? the beginning potentially this is the one that's during the during the credits which is actually a cool sequence because as you watch it during the credits it is um actual former members of the women's baseball league playing um while you while you hear madonna's song going so like the girl that's like kicking the dirt on the umpire's on the umpire's shoes during the retired baseball. Like that was an actual member of the women's baseball league. But, um, yeah, that's weird that it didn't even, didn't even get looked at at all for, uh, for anything there. That's sad. Okay. LVP MVP. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Where are we going? Who wants to start? Oh, I guess I'll go. Uh, the LVP, I'm going with the guys that are fielding Marla's uh, you know, batting practice because they, they really suck. They, they just, like, duck whenever the ball is hit anywhere. And, I mean, I don't know whoever decided to have her try out in a, on a basketball court. They break so many windows. Like, I mean, I know it was rain outside, but, I mean, there, there had to have been a better option for that. But the, the fielders were really, really bad. And, you know, she might have an eye like DiMaggio, but, like, her exit velocity was not all that. I don't feel like... I, I don't know, find a field somewhere. It really, it was not, not good. 
Yes, I believe that that is one of the lines that was cut from the film is Ernie talking about her exit velocity. (laughs) (laughs) What a hitter. What a hitter. What a team. Uh, my, my LVP, uh, I'm going to go with, uh, with Helen Haley, the first baseman. Um, she is like the most out of place person in this entire thing. And they try way too hard to prove that she's out of place. Like she, like her serving in the one, I know the commercial is kind of ridiculous, but she's serving tea to the umpires. That's kind of, or coffee. She was serving coffee to the umpires. Um, uh, she's, she's so concerned about her new red hat. One line that I had never caught before that I that I caught this time was uh, when they finished the tryout and all the uh, all the the signups are up there and they say okay go check the board there's the 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 four uh, four sheets for who's uh, on what team and go ahead and go you can hear in the background clearly Helen's voice saying if we just form four parallel lines. <laughs> it's like seriously seriously that's what you're gonna okay all right so she should yeah. be a douchebag almost yeah well no she just was out of place <laughs> one one line that but I, apparently, I didn't notice but apparently she stuff. like won beauty pageants or something that's what they said in the a former miss something i forget which state one, one line that i didn't i never had uh, heard before was when uh uh like she, she's like uh, d- uh, what was her name? Uh, Rosie O'Donnell's character is uh, Doris. Doris. She, she's chase. She's like May. Wait, May. When she's chasing Stillwell, she's like, wait, use Evelyn's bat. It's heavier. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never heard that line before. I was like, damn. <laughs> I hadn't heard that one either. That's amazing. <laughs> That is amazing. See, it's little things like that that I love about this movie. That it's it it just uh, the dialogue is so perfect. Because she was perfect. totally chasing her, and yeah, <laughs> but she was chasing her because she's like, wait, use a bigger bat. Because <laughs> uh... he's got to kill your son. <laughs> All right, Zach, what do you got for MVP? L- yeah, LVP. LVP. Uh, I think in this movie, I think I'm going to go Lori Petty as Kit. We haven't talked about her very much. <sighs> Kit is, you know what? I, she's a she's she's not great. You know what? She, she her vulnerability is high fastballs above the plate, and uh, you know at the end of the, at the end of this movie, Dottie makes a sacrifice for Kit, and is Kit really worth it? I don't think so. I think Kit is kind of an asshole in this movie. Okay, pause right there. I don't think Dottie makes a sacrifice. Ooh, we, we she beat about her. This. She beat her. Really? I think no, yeah. I think it's ball. deliberate. She had the exact same situation it's earlier. Deliberate. She held onto the ball. Yeah, and she deliberately I, I, dropped it. I don't think so. I don't think so. <laughs> she she Dottie, released Dottie her loves winning too much. from the glove. Like she did Dottie, not do that Dottie earlier. did not drive halfway across the country twice in order to get into game 7 and stand there and let her kid sister win. She yes, has. She, did. she never lets her win. It's it's about sisterhood, man. She made the sacrifice for her sister. It was no, a deliberate no, act. No, you're blind, and, dude. And, and and I think I think one of the things that does it is in. 
Fine. Did you just quote Big Lebowski at me? I quoted <laughs> sideways at you, ma'am. <laughs> Anyways, no, no. In in the scene afterwards, where they're like in in the concession stand area, and she's and uh, and Kit says uh, says, you know, I th- I think I jam my shoulder if it makes you feel any better, and you can tell that that Dottie's like. All right, that actually does make me feel a little better because I really wanted to win that game. Um, no, it, she yeah. says that nah, because absolutely not because she she she's like, yeah, I mean, I just gave up the game for you. Yeah, at least you got hurt by it or something. Nope, no, no. She no. dropped. She knew the it ball, was. Man. She knew it was going to be her last game. She came back to win. She did not come back to let her sister win. But no, she did. That's why. She, that's win. why. Right, right before, right before she goes she out was, to, she, she goes out going, to the pitcher. She, she was thinking about this. She's spot, like, she like man. stands there, like, and and she like takes the takes it right on her hands. Like she could have blocked the plate completely. And she didn't. Like, okay. She obviously she did just not hit a to. line drive five minutes earlier. She hits a line drive at Kit's head to score the winning run, the go-ahead yeah. run. She yep. gave it and up. And then man, as Kit's coming up to the plate, sister. she goes out. As Kit's coming up to the plate, she goes out to Ellen Sue, looking at her, saying, "Hmm, do I do I give her a chance? Nope. Go in for the kill. Throw him high." She can't hit him. She can't lay off him. And, and it's like, we're going to strike her out. We're going to win this game. And I don't care what it's going to do to Kit. I'm here to win. She didn't block the plate. She gave she, it up, man. She could have caught that ball. and She she, gave, got, she did it's catch it's the ball. Of, she got no, ran over she, and she dropped gave, it. She gave it up to her sister because she knew that it cared more to Kit than it, than it mattered I think, to her. I think for the first time, for the first time, Kit wanted something more than Dottie. I think that's what it was. Kit wanted it more. Kit got it, but Dottie did not give it to her. See, did, but do you think Allison would have dropped the ball? I mean, she looked pretty good last six <laughs> games. I, I, I think, I think uh, Kit would have avoided the uh, collision because she would have smelled her socks on the way to the plate. <laughs> yeah, probably. <laughs> uh, yeah, totally. Okay, MVP. No, clearly Tom Hanks. It's over. Tom Hanks yeah. is, 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 is the MVP of this movie. Terry, you named your fantasy baseball team after Jimmy Dugan, okay? I mean, it's the highest honor that and any Stillwell actor Angel, can receive. Actually. And Stillwell Angel. And Stillwell Angel. You're kidding the lineup! <laughs> Wait, what is he doing next to that tape? Stillwell! <laughs> I don't know what he's doing, but get that kid away from that tape! This was a crucial role in uh, in the midst of the in between between uh, Big and Philadelphia and Sleepless in Seattle. It was a great great time period for Tom Hanks. He's the MVP of this movie. Just watch a YouTube mashup of Tom Hanks scenes in this movie, and you get the essence of the movie. All right. Well, I'll pick so, you back on that kind of, and I, I will say Rogers Hornsby. Because I, I feel like there would not be a Jimmy Dugan without Rogers Hornsby. Like, a talking pile of pig shit has got to be the best, most elegant and strange insult I have ever heard. And, uh, you know, Strangest, y- when you watch sure. it on TV, it says pig snot, which makes it even more strange. But, I, I mean, without him, I, I don't think we would have had that character. Rogers Hornsby was my manager, and he is my MVP. It, it, what, what's a better... What's a better uh, uh, insult though that or calling someone a little penis with a hat on Mm, good call 
Yeah, that, that, that is definitely line. someone who's line. trying to get kicked out but not wanting to get kicked out at the same time. And and one of my favorite lines is when he gets kicked out, the first thing Jimmy Dugan says is, you misunderstood me. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no, 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 you misunderstood me. I can't believe no one's ever said that to you before. <laughs> Rogers Hornsby gave him all of that material, I feel like. That's why he's my MVP. There, there you go. There you go. So I, I saw Jimmy Dugan was uh, loosely based off of Jimmy Fox and Hack Wilson. The combination of the two. Because I think I heard Jimmy Fox, I think, was one of the managers in, in the Women's Baseball League. Um, and so this is, he's kind of, Jimmy Dugan is kind of supposed to be Jimmy Fox. He's dropping knowledge on us all over, Terry. What, what's up? I know, wow. I know. Um, anyways, so, uh, my, my MVP is, uh, uh, unlike, uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna start this or end this the way Zach started it and say, you guys are, are focusing on all the guys here. I'm going to focus on all the girls for my MVP. And the fact that they were able to find, uh, or that they found that this great cast of women to play baseball, I, I read somewhere that, that Penny Marshall auditioned like 2000 actresses to fill out these different baseball teams and and they're awesome i mean you have yeah you have the movie stars in there that like like gina davis that look like they they might not quite know what they're doing but she's the rarity all the rest of these girls they know how to play and they're good players um you even like you got the some of the names like madonna and rosie o'donnell they know what they're doing out there they can play ball um, this is one of the first film roles of Taya Leone, yeah. uh, who end up ends up being a, a a solid actress in Hollywood. She started by being the first baseman for Racine because she could play baseball. Yeah, Racine um, was definitely a better team. Yes. Yeah. The so was the was Sioux City. <laughs> the Sioux the, the Sioux Falls. No, I'm sorry. The South Bend Blue Sox. Yeah, South little, Bend Blue Sox. They were pretty good. Mayor Pete would agree. But uh, but no, I, I the girls, the girls are the MVP of this movie, and and uh, they make this thing happen. Um, yeah, that that's what I'm going with for my MVP. One more thing before we get into quotes that I met that I forgot to mention, it wasn't until this time that I realized the uh, composer of this movie. Did you guys see who the composer of this movie is? Hans Zimmer. Hans Zimmer. Yes. This is like the least Hans Zimmer, Hans Zimmer score I've ever heard. I noticed that too. I thought about bringing that up, and I'm glad you did. Like how, like how did the composer of like The Dark Knight compose the music for a league of their own? <laughs> uh, someone should should like redub a, a league of their own and put like The Dark Knight score over the top of it and see how much it would change the movie. That'd be weird. Okay, quote of the day. Uh, Todd, you first. Okay, I'm pretty sure I quoted this last time we uh, talked about this movie, but I'm going to quote John Lovitz. He said, If I had your job, I'd kill myself. Sit here. I'll see if I could dig up a pistol. <laughs> and that's really Every related. time I would go on a train, I have to sit next to one of these guys. Maybe I'm just too, what is it? Maybe it's too nice or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> and I'm just too likable. Yeah, that that's that's a great one. That's a great one. All right, Zach. Okay, I'm gonna quote Greg Kinnear. <laughs> of course. 
When I was a kid, I was obsessed with this ideal of opening a restaurant back in Indiana on a little pond. The guests would order their dinner and take uh, a little boat out uh, with a colored flag on the front of it. When the matching color of the flag on their boat went up on the flagpole, their dinner was ready. That's it. That's the whole quote. <laughs> that was actually Greg Kinnear, our character. That was a, actually Greg Kinnear, I think. Brilliantly oh, out of gosh. context. You know what? The Chiefs won, man. I don't give a f- I'm just really happy right now. <laughs> oh, man. Tom Brady. Okay. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, let's see here. Um, so my, uh, my quote, so, uh, a few years ago, I actually put out a top ten, uh, a League of Their Own quotes. Um, I do kind of remember. Blog wow. post. that's the most Terry article ever. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, it was celebrate. it was in 2017 celebrating the 25th anniversary of the movie. Um, and, uh, so I'm just going to go through some of these really quick. So there's, but did you uh, have, like, some... every quote that John Lovitz says is, like, your number two? <laughs> that, that was my number two. So number, number two was everything MVP. John Lovitz says. It's sad that <laughs> yeah. I actually remember that, but yeah. That... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Don't taste the doesn't, grass. Don't eat the grass. Doesn't that hurt them? And bruise the hell out of me. <laughs> Haven't you heard of a leash? Well, you shut up! <laughs> <laughs> you see, the way it works is the train moves, not the station. <laughs> Why do they always get gonna attached to me like that? <laughs> gonna go home, give the wife a little pickle tickle. Pickle tickle. Yeah, that was gonna be my trivia question. That, that actually was pretty legit. Uh, so I've got like that was some good peeing. Uh, anything worth doing is worth doing right. Uh, oh, this is one of my favorites from Jimmy Dugan. A uh, good job, a uh, tall, tall girl. Oh, what what's her name? Be- Beverly. Beverly. Way to go. Way to go. Tall tall girl. What's her, what's her name again? Be- Beverly. Yeah, every time I say the name Beverly, I have to do that. Uh, wow, avoid the clap, Jimmy Dugan. That's good advice. <laughs> so, and then, and then so oh, oh, here's the actual quote from the announcer. Take me home, Mama, and put me to bed. I have seen enough to know that I have seen too much. Or, uh... Yeah. J- Jimmy Dugan... Uh, I was gonna write you, or send you a thank you card, Mr. Harvey, but I wasn't allowed anything sharp to write with. <laughs> um, one of my favorites is the prayer Jimmy. You started. <laughs> I hurt my knee. Uh, one of my favorites is Jimmy Dugan's prayer right uh, right before the the last game. Uh, Lord, hallowed be Thy name. May our feet be swift. May our bats be mighty. And, our balls. and may our balls be plentiful. <laughs> Uh, but the one I'm going to go with, which is possibly the most profound quote from the movie, is when Jimmy Dugan is trying to guilt Dottie into staying. And uh, he says, it's supposed to be hard. If it wasn't hard, everyone would do it. The hard is what makes it great. And it's it's like the most profound quote from the whole movie, but it's just, it's uh, it's so good. It's so good. And it is preceded by possibly one of the best baseball quotes. He says, baseball is what gets inside you. It's what lights you up. And you can't deny that. That seems like a quote Ah. that should have been in the sandlot, though. Mm -hmm. It does. It does. Baseball is what gets inside you. (laughs) James Earl Jones. Did not expect a James Earl Jones impression during this podcast. (laughs) But not bad. 
Not, oh, thank you. Thank you. I do, I do what I can. <clears throat> uh, did you promise the cows you'd write? <laughs> All right, that's enough. We're going to bring this podcast to a close. Uh, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, again, find us on iTunes. Uh, subscribe, rate, review there. Uh, find us all over the internet, almostsideways.com, Facebook, Twitter. Uh, hopefully you enjoyed uh, re- uh, listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. Um, we will catch you next time. Until then, have fun watching movies. Despite your crass behavior, I'm glad we were able to do this together.